Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Revenant Podcast. And in today's episode, I will be covering multiple topics that are newsworthy and developed over the past week in the entertainment industry. And I will be providing my irrelevant opinions on the subjects. Enjoy. Today's first topic is a topic that is coming from the recent Game Awards, uh, the Game Awards 2021. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing live. Um, I was occupied at the time, and I was only able to catch the last couple minutes. But uh, regardless of that, um, there was, a, as there you know always is at the Game Awards, a couple of announcements. Uh, game announcements, um, reveals. One of those reveals was the Star Wars game that was announced a little while ago, um, back when EA lost the exclusive gaming rights to Star Wars. Um, there, that doesn't mean, that, now that didn't mean that they were no longer going to make Star Wars games. That just meant that they could no longer they no longer had the exclusive right to make star wars games they could it meant that other gaming stu- game studios could make star wars games with luke if with lucasfilm if they were hired um and one of those uh game companies was uh i, f- I forget what they're called it's it's this. It's the developing. It's the developer studio that created um, Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, those games, um, and you know, extremely critically, like critically acclaimed, all around praised games for their storytelling and just uh, their graphics, the characters, everything. Um, and it's a ch- it's a choice based uh, game. Well, back when EA lost the exclusivity rights, this uh, this developing company was one of the companies that uh, gained the well. I, I say gained. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. Um, this developing studio was one of the companies that was given the go ahead to make a Star Wars game. Um, so was Ubisoft. Ubisoft was tasked with making a Star Wars, an open world Star Wars game, whatever that may be. Which honestly, I'm a bit wary of that game because you know Ubisoft is Ubisoft, and if you know anything about them, they aren't exactly community based. They're mainly money driven. But anyway. So yeah, this developing studio was given the opportunity to make a Star Wars game. That was announced a while ago. But at the Game Awards, they anna- they well, they officially revealed their game uh with a cinematic trailer. And their game is called Star Wars Eclipse. Now, this game, well, this trailer, this cinematic trailer, I got to for one, and I know it's a it's a CGI trailer, it's a cinematic trailer. But oh my god, it was like absolutely beautiful. It was there were s- several moments in that in that trailer that 
looked completely photorealistic and was just breathtaking to look at. Now, I know that doesn't reflect the actual, you know, the graphic quality of the game when it releases, but still, it was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, aside from graphics, the, the main thing about this game, about this trailer is that it was both confusing and very fascinating because the trailer didn't actually have any dialogue in it. It was just a series of just, it was like, it was just a montage, not montage. It was just a series of what looked like different events in the Star Wars universe but what was, what was interesting about it was that it was events that we had never seen before. There were a couple of shots that seemed to depict Old Republic Jedi. Like, it looked like it was in the Old Republic era. And that's what it looked like. It also could be High Republic, too. Um, but it looked like it was, like, old. Like, ancient. Not ancient, but, like, Old Republic-type, you know, Jedi and all that. And then there were some shots of that were that were from the prequel trilogy. There was a shot with Yoda looking out the window of the Jedi Council, uh, uh, the 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 Jedi Council room um, on Coruscant. And then there was a, there was a shot of C three PO on Tatooine uh, in Phantom Menace when he had no um, exterior armor plating. And he was just wires and his uh, endoskeleton. Uh, it, it was just a shot of him turning around and looking at the camera. That was it. And then there was another one that was... I don't think it was from the Phantom Menace. I don't think it was from the droid, the, the, the space battle at the end of Phantom Menace. But it was a droid... It was a Trade Federation droid control ship that was the focus of these shots, this shot of a space battle, where these fighters, which I don't recognize, were fighting against a Trade Federation droid control ship. And I don't... It was very fascinating. But most of this trailer was just shots of very, you know, diff things that we've never seen before in Star Wars. There was, sh there was some early shots of this alien world with this planet with... Like I like had a vibrant marketplace. It had a couple of shots. It focused on this one alien uh, with a who had an eye patch and was it cloaked and all this and that. And there were a couple of shots of some of the wildlife. But the facet, but the really just interesting thing about this trailer was that throughout this whole thing, throughout the entire trailer, you know everything that I've mentioned so far, it was being. It was like. The, the score of the tra the music in the trailer was being made by these alien hu these humanoid alien beings with um with gray skin and what looked like tattoos and um on their backs and they had like a raised nose like they had slit noses think think of like a Voldemort from the Harry Potter movies kind of like that um and they were they were doing like these tribal drum uh move like they were they were doing like tribal drums and that's what that was the whole score of the whole trailer then at the end they stop they turn around 
and it goes to a shot of this again humanoid figure rising out of this black ooze like almost like black tar it's just black ooze he like rises out of the the ooze and his back is facing the camera and the trailer ends with that shot well not that shot but it ends there so yeah very fascinating now this trailer obviously was you know it's a reveal trailer there was no dialogue so there there not we have we don't really have any information we don't know what kind of game this is we don't know well, anything about this game really we don't know the plot we don't know when it takes place and it's kind of hard to judge when it takes place because you have all those different shots from all these different eras seemingly um but you know knowing the company that the the gaming studio the the, the, the developing studio that's making this game i can say that it's going to be a narrative choice driven game whether that ha- whether it has whether they, you know, take a step in a different direction with their the the actual gameplay, like it's not like they actually have like action, like you you control the player during action scenes, or I don't know something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it if they're going to stick with what they're good at and just do a narrative, cinematic, choice based game, or if they're going to kind of branch off and kind of go more into the third person action kind of thing a little bit not really kind of a little bit I don't know it's too early to tell and I'm just very as I said I'm very confused by it but because I'm so confused I'm very fascinated about what we're seeing and I have no they didn't they didn't really they didn't have a release date or anything for this game, so I don't even know when we can expect anything else from this game. We're probably not going to get anything from this game for, I would say, a year and a half. A year and a half, at least. Because they, they did not show the... When they don't show the, the, the date of the release or anything, or anything like that, that tells you that, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Well, they no, they don't know when it's coming out. They don't have a release window yet, but and I'm assuming Lucasfilm is giving them plenty of money, so they really, they don't really have to worry about you know crunch time and trying to release it on time or something. But yeah, anyway, that's about that's about it. Uh, you know, this Star Wars Eclipse is looking very fat, very fascinating, very interesting. Right off the back, just straight from this reveal trailer. Um, it, it, it came into the Star Wars scene with a bang, and I'm looking forward to seeing what other aspects of this game get revealed oh, as time goes on. Today's second topic is going to be a short one. Um, and it's about the new Warzone update, specifically the integration with Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, upon the, the integration with Call of Duty Vanguard, Warzone has a new map. Um, for the past two years, uh, uh, Warzone has had the same map. Well, you had a, a mini-map, like a miniature game mode, uh, uh, Rebirth, which... Uh, I'll discuss that later, but 
Um, you had that added last year, but we've always had the same main Battle Royale map, which was Verdansk, which was like an extension of the Modern Warfare. Uh, like it was, it was meant to tell further the story of the Modern Warfare stuff. Well, here's, um, I should probably have, uh, give a little bit of context for this. Um, so the initial plan at Activision and what they were doing with Call of Duty, they were going, and I mean, honest to God, I'm very happy they did not do this because this is the stupidest idea <laughs> I've ever heard. But the initial plan for the uh, the future of Call of Duty was that they would release a game, Call of Duty, and then that Call of Duty would get its own battle royale, and it just keep making it would keep making Call of Duty games and keep making battle royale games for those games specifically. That is a horrible, horrible idea. <laughs> like, and I'm very happy they didn't do that. Now the reason they didn't do that is because. Warzone or Modern Warfare and Warzone saw completely unprecedented su success. Warzone has made Activision billions upon billions of dollars. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, wa Modern Warfare 2019 was like... See, because the way Call of Duty usually works is that they, they release a game and it's like really well well-received... It evolves the Call of Duty franchise, and then for the next couple of years, like four, like three to three to five years, they release a game every year, and it's in the same, it's in the same, uh, you know, it has the same feel, or it has the same kind of look and mechanics of the game that you know uh, evolved the franchise. And it kind of just stagnates after a while, and then they will release a new game. They might skip. They might skip a year, maybe. It just depends. Um, and then a new game will release, and this game will once again evolve the franchise with a new engine, graphically improved, or different mechanics, stuff like that, or all all of the above. Um, that's what Modern Warfare 2019 was. Not only was it a well, I don't want to call it... Well, it was a remake. A remake or a... I don't want to call it a remake because they're not trying to redo anything with what came before with the original Modern Warfare trilogy. But they took the, the characters from Modern Warfare and the whole concept of Modern Warfare and they wanted to tell a new story with those characters in a completely separate, like, modern, modern wor world. Um... And that's what they did. And when they did that, they had a new in, a new engine. It was ultra realistic, and it was tactical based. And yeah, and it it really it was a really good. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It, it had the best Call of Duty campaign campaign that's in a while, and pretty much everybody was very uh, pleased with uh, Modern Warfare twenty nineteen. So when Warzone came out. Not only did was everyone like have I'm mean, pretty surprised uh, how because you know, it it was the same engine and everything as Modern Warfare, so um, Warzone not only was like a huge success just by itself, 
it was uh, a way, it, it basically made it so that Modern Warfare's um, life, its life as a, as a live service game, um, was, ba- was like extended way beyond what normal Call of Duty, you know, the normal lifespan of a Call of Duty game. Because usually it's just a year. But with the case of Modern Warfare 2019, people were people were still playing Modern Warfare 2019 all the time uh, before uh, up to the release of Black Ops Cold War. And then when Black Ops Cold War came out and people weren't satisfied, they came back to Modern Warfare 2019. So the, the it's just yeah. So anyway, I kind of went off track there, but. Anyway, so yeah, the initial idea was to create each a, a new battle royale for each game. Well, when they saw how popular and how well Warzone was doing and how much money it was making them, they decided that why don't we just, every time we release a new game, why don't we just have that game integrate with Warzone? Yeah, like, like yeah, why don't we just do that? And that's what they, you know, in the end, that's what they decided to do. But... They only decided to do this after Treyarch, the developers of the Black Ops games and the developer of Black Ops Cold War, had already started making their own Battle Royale. They had already, I think they had already made a map for the Battle Royale and everything. But, you know, they had to ditch it. So last minute, they had to work with Raven Software, a a, a smaller branch uh, studio that Activision owns to integrate Cold War into Warzone kind of at the last minute. They weren't given a huge amount of time. So they couldn't just have a new map. So what they did was that they reskinned the whole map and they changed the lighting and everything else. And with this map, it um you know they they did they did change they changed the buildings, they changed a lot of different things they changed the way the they changed the they changed the way that the game was played overall because they removed a lot of the skyscrapers because what they did was that because cold war takes place in the mid 80s they just re reround the clock in verdansk and made basically verdansk 1984 and yeah, so it had like this '80s aesthetic and every it was eight it was '80s Verdansk, but with Vanguard, they knew that they couldn't just reskin Warzone and it wouldn't they would be stretching it if they did that, because they actually had a narrative story, because part of this whole thing was that they're crying, they're creating a Call of Duty connected universe, with with the new um, Modern Warfare games where these new modern warfare games they take place in the black ops universe well most of the black ops universe um but what ends up happening here is that they knew that they couldn't they couldn't stretch they couldn't stretch uh, Verdansk out more than they should so they needed a new map and they decided to do a, 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 a new map that was in the Pacific and set during 1944 during World War II because the next game was going to be Call of Duty Vanguard, a World War II game. And 
that is what we have now. Uh, they just released the new map uh, about two two days ago, and uh, I can say I mean I've played a bit of it, and I can say I think it is a huge improvement from Verdansk. Uh, even I was not a huge like at first I was kind of like oh I kind of like 1980s Verdansk. I kind of like that. It, I kind of like the lighting and whatever. But then as time went on, I just grew to hate it. <laughs> to be completely honest, I grew to despise it. I like I the lighting was just brown and black and gray and that's pretty much the color tone of every single one of the operators in in Warzone. So you couldn't see anybody. There there were buildings all over the place. People would camp um, in buildings the whole day, the the whole game, and you'd have just uh, you had some of these campers just sit on buildings with sniper rifles and just sit there for the entire game. They'd get they'd find they do a bunch of uh, recon contracts, and if you do those, it shows you where the the final safe zone of the of the game is going to be. So they'll go there and just sit there for the rest of the game. And it's just annoying, but yeah, anyway, but I, I grew to really dislike 1980s Verdansk. And before, uh, when, before Black Ops Cold War came out and they made changed Verdansk to, you know, 1980s and it was just 2019 Verdansk, I, I mean, I didn't love it. I never did, but 1980s Verdansk was a very clear, just decline in quality, in my opinion, from the 2019 Verdansk. So having a just a completely new map with a completely new location is not only refreshing, but this time around, the map was actually designed long-term with the intention of making it a really, like, a, a Battle Royale-focused map. Because Infinity Ward, now, they had good intentions, obviously, with uh, Warzone, but the thing was, was that they didn't, they weren't really experienced with Battle Royale, so they didn't really know how to design a Battle Royale map. They did the best they could, and they didn't do a terrible job, but it wasn't great. Well, this time around, um, they made sure that they actually designed the map with that intention of it of people actually being able to, you know, uh, see. Like, you can actually see people outside. Like, you know, they, they're not completely camouflaged with everything. The The lighting is so much more vibrant. The color, the uh, color palette is so much more vibrant. P uh, you, you stand out more in the environment, which is good, like really good. Um, the level design is vastly superior. Um, and it just allows for a more dynamic, um, uh, play, like a dynamic play, playthrough of a game. And not only did they, you know, it's a new map, but they also added, you know, World War II vehicles, obviously weapons from Vanguard. They also added planes, like fighter planes. And at first I was very apprehensive about how these planes would work because if they did it wrong, then... The planes could be the most overpowered thing in the game. Just killing people. Like, someone could get in a plane at the start of the game and just 
fly around the whole game and just killing people easily from the air. But thank God that's not actually the case. Now, the planes aren't hard to fly, but they're not easy to fly either. And they also made sure that we, that people on the ground had a deterrent. Um, they put anti-aircraft cannons on in the new uh, map. Uh, some of those anti-aircraft cannons are on bunkers, uh, mili- like military airfields. Uh, but they also have some anti-aircraft guns on some of the trucks, which pretty cool. Um, they added a couple of other things. Um, they changed. Now, one thing that I really like was that they changed the the time in which, well, they put a restriction on when people can buy their loadout. And their loadout, and basically in Warzone, the loadout is, is it's this thing you go to and you're able to get your own custom guns that you have with, the, with your own attachments and stuff. Um, that you can get through playing them the multiplayer or whatever. Um, yeah, it's basically your own unique gun with its own attachments and own its own stats on accuracy, mobility, and so, you know, etc. Um, before, when Warzone first released and when Black Ops Cold War released, people could, if you had enough money, which was ten thousand dollars, you could go to a buy station and buy the your loadout immediately now the game gives you i think two or three free loadouts um after at, at a certain time in the game but it seems with uh it seems with and I, now i didn't really like it, the weird thing is that i didn't realize that it was really a problem until now when they changed it but uh, with the new map, they changed it so that you can't buy a loadout until after the first free loadout is dropped. And that is a huge improvement in my eyes because that means that pretty much everybody in the first quarter of the game is going to be on a more even playing field because we're all going to have ground loot weapons. None of us are going to have our own custom weapons and can just annihilate people who don't have their own custom weapons yet. So that's a great thing I love. But yeah, that's pretty much... I mean, this was kind of a, a review of the new update. Uh, now, it does have a lot of issues right now with audio glitches. Um, my Like, for me, my audio is will just cut out every couple of seconds, and it's very distracting, and I have died several times uh, because of the audio cutting out at crucial moments when I needed it not to. Um, there's some people have, you know, the usual graphical glitches. I have some rendering problems with the trees just looking like big green blobs instead of trees. They don't render right. But that, that that's just me. But overall, I'm, I really do, aside from those, that stuff, I really am... Uh, I'm I'm very happy with what what this new map and what they the changes they've done so far. And I look forward to, with the life cycle of Vanguard, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do with the new map. Today's third topic is actually old news. <laughs> At this point, 
but I feel, I feel like I needed to briefly talk about it. Um, so about three, it might have been two weeks ago, but two or three weeks ago. Well, actually, I'm I'm sorry, I'm stupid. It was it was it was on Thanksgiving. It was on Thanksgiving, and uh, Zack Snyder, of uh, you know, obviously of his you know, 300 fame and his you know DC movies, uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and um, Justice League. Well, his cut of Justice League. Now, I have talked about his movies before, his DC movies before, and I've talked about how. They're honestly, in my opinion, just art. <laughs> I, I know that sounds so dramatic, but I really do see his DC movies as art. Like, there's the the things that he does with these D, these characters, these mythic comic book characters that pretty much all of us have grown up with in some way. It's truly just awe inspiring. Like he he's able to humanize them in ways that you wouldn't think were possible. Like, you didn't think someone could actually pull it off well. But he did, in my opinion. And while Batman v Superman has its controversies, and when I first saw it, I was kind of disappointed. But over time, and as I watched it more and more, I, I have now, like, I now see just how beautiful the movie is. Like, how, like, the 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 different, like, philosophical themes it has, the... The the acting is awesome too. The I I better understand the character arcs in the movie, specifically Batman's character arc in the movie, which I was very just like opposed to when I first saw the movie because you know he kills people and it's like no he Batman doesn't kill people blah blah blah, and I still think that like that that's my main thing with Batman v Superman to this day. He should not be killing people, but my reason for him not killing people has kind of changed. Kind of. Now, the reason he should not be killing people, I now realize, is because it is in direct contradiction to the character arc that he has in this movie. And I don't know how Zack Snyder didn't see that, but honestly, when I watched, when I watched Batman v Superman, I just, I just pretend he isn't killing people. And I get why he's killing people. There's an actual reason why he's killing people, and I get it. But you still could have done the character arc in the same way, and you could do it just as well if you had him not killing. Like, you still could have done it, but but just understand, like, I do get why you chose to do it. It was a creative decision on behalf of his character arc. I get it. It makes sense. And that character arc actually continues into uh, Justice League, Jack Snyder's Justice League. Now, um, I believe, I, yeah, I have talked about, I, this is one of the first things I ever talked about on here, um, the, whole tr- the whole travesty that was the development of Justice League, how Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide and whole family's grieving and Zack stepped away from the film in his, you know, to grieve and spend time with his family and Warner Brothers decided that they were going to take this opportunity of him leaving to put in Josh Whedon, the director of uh, the Avengers, well, uh, Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, to go in and essentially make Justice League as much 
like Avengers as you could possibly make it. They reshot 70% of the movie. Like, I want you to really think about that. When they, when they made Justice League, right? And then it was announced that they would be doing reshoots, like extensive reshoots. People really, I don't think people really understood how much, they pretty much were reshooting the entire movie. And even the, the 30% of the movie that isn't reshot is edited into oblivion. The, the CG, they changed the whole way the, the scene's supposed to be played out. They changed the color, the lighting, the, the editing is just abysmal. And it's just, it's a travesty, to be, to be honest with you. And ever since Justice League, the theatrical cut, or as most people call it nowadays, Justice League, um, when that released in 2017... From that moment, the, the, the hashtag release the Snyder Cut began. And over the years, it started gaining steam. Now, there were many naysayers saying that, oh my god, people, this, this cut of the movie doesn't exist. Or it'll never be released. Or blah, 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 blah. Well, Zack Snyder himself, you know, seeing what, what people were talking about, was like, well, I actually do have my cut of the movie. It's not finished, but... I have it, and then, and to, now here's the thing. Me, from where I stood, I knew the the version of the mo- that version of the movie existed. Like I knew he, I knew it existed, but I and I wanted it to be released. I wanted him to finish it, and I wanted it to be released. But I, honest to God, never thought that it would actually happen. I wasn't one of those people who was like harassing people who thought it would. Like just attacking them, I'm not. I wasn't one of those guys. I just, I just personally thought it would never happen. I wasn't very optimistic that it would happen, because I mean, this is Warner Brothers, and I just really didn't feel like they would swallow their pride and just release this movie. But it was announced, um, and I I forget when they announced it. But they did. But eventually, they did officially. Warner Brothers themselves announced that they would be releasing the Snyder cut, and they would give. They were. They would give Zack Snyder like. I don't even know how much it was. Like three million or something. I don't. I don't even think it was three million. I don't think it was like a very small amount of money to finish the CGI of the movie and shoot some extra scenes that he needed to do if necessary. And that's exactly what he did. And on in March of this year, the Snyder Cut released. And to be, oh my, I gotta say, seeing the Snyder Cut and then looking at and thinking, you know, looking back at Justice League, it is truly just disgusting what they did to this movie. Like I, I could not. I when I'm watching the Snyder Cut, I cannot believe that they that they cut this or they changed that. Or they removed that com- like incompletely. It is honestly just, it's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Um, to a like to a creator and his movie. It is just. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I've seen, I've heard of worse, but this is one of the top five. Um, and, but I was just so happy we were getting it now. Before it released, Zack Snyder did say that 
This was this was his vision. This is his full vision of the movie. And there, the end of the movie does set up the sequels because that was what was originally intended. And, you know, you get to the end of the Snyder Cut and he does set up sequels. And unfortunately, uh, that those sequels will probably, as I hate to say it, will probably ne- not happen in the way that people want it to. And it's just, yeah, it's just really, it, that's unfortunate. But, you know, I'm, I'm just happy we got, we got the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because that, honest to God, just like his other movies, they're art. They're beautiful. I, I love them. Um, you know, and Zack Snyder himself, he said that, you know, he's been asked if Warner Brothers came to him or, um, or uh, Warner Media or whatever, and they came to him and they said, hey, we want you to continue this story. We want you to finish these movies. We want you to make them and we want you to finish your story. And he said that if they did that, he would, he'd do it in a heartbeat. Because he loves this world, he loves these characters. Now that hasn't happened as far as we know. And currently Zack Snyder is working on a lot of projects right now. He's working on his Army of the Dead universe and a whole a whole new sci-fi universe uh, with a movie called Rebel Moon, which, from what I've heard about it, sounds like it's going to be amazing. Um, but you know, as of right now, you know they're, you know, it's kind of looking kind of bleak, just a little bit. Um, the Snyder Cut on HBO Max did absolutely amazing. It did better than most of the show, most of the stuff that released on HBO Max during the whole course of the year. Even the straight to the same day release movies that you know the new movies, um, and Warner Brothers because they're you know petty children, they're not releasing the gen like the whole the company as a whole the higher ups are not acknowledging that this that the Snyder Cut did well or that it or that it was an amazing success for HBO Max. They won't release the numbers or anything. So yeah. Pretty sad. But from the moment, and you know, just like how when Justice League released and the Snyder Cut hashtag was born, you know, released the Snyder Cut, now uh, when the Snyder Cut released, finally, a new hashtag was born. Release the Snyderverse. And, you know, it was calling for the continuation of Zack Snyder's universe, which, I mean, pretty much everyone wants. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm kind of I'm retreading old stuff that I've talked about before, and I'm dragging this out too long. I apologize, but anyway, the whole point of this topic is that on Thanksgiving, Zack Snyder, um, I believe on Instagram, posted a little video of I, I guess his kitchen, and it was of a you tur- know a, a a recently made turkey for Thanksgiving, and it's just him walking up to it. It's just a little video of him walking up to it. That's really it, but. In the background of the video, there was something very interesting placed in the background. And before anyone says, oh, it wasn't some sort of, you know, it wasn't meant to be anything. It was nothing. It was just sitting there. It just happened to be sitting there when he recorded it. 
yeah, sorry, I don't think that's the case because it looked like it was very it was very deliberately placed behind this turkey where it was visible to anybody watching it. He had near this turkey, he had the I believe he had the oh, what was it? It was the Justice League it had something to do with his Justice League movie. And below it was the collection of the final crisis storyline from DC. Now, I didn't know anything about Final Crisis really, and I still don't know much, but over, you know, since this happened, I have um I've been told that Final Crisis is very like its storyline is very similar to what not very similar but it ha- it has a lot of the same tropes and same thread plot threads that Zack Snyder was going to be t- showing and telling in his his you know uh hypothetical sequels to Justice League and the fact that 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 collection of those comic books are sitting right beside his Justice League script stuff. I think it was the script. I'm not sure, but it was sitting. It was sitting under it, and it and he showed this in a video. He there were no words were spoken, but he shows this in a video. Just sitting there, it it almost feels like he was teasing. He's teasing something, or he's implying something is possible without actually saying a word, literally, and. Honestly, I don't know. It could be nothing, but I highly doubt it because the placement of that of that collection was very looked very very intentional. And I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it and I can I I just I I can only hope for the best. I I desperately want to see Zack Snyder continue what he's doing. I want to see Henry Cavill Superman. And speaking out of speaking of Henry Cavill Superman, Henry Cavill wants to return as Superman. He does, he, he has said repeatedly over the last couple of weeks, last month, because he's been in multiple interviews uh, in preparation for um, The Witcher Season 2, which is uh, the press junket stuff for that hasn't started yet, but he's kind of been in interview talk shows and stuff since, you know, kind of like in, in preparation, not in preparation, but as like a, so that everyone, he's back in the the limelight, basically. Well, he's in these interviews. He's been asked, you know, stuff about Superman, and he's said repeatedly that he will, like, he he keeps saying, you know, the cape is in the closet. He's he's ready to be Superman should he be called upon to play Superman by you know Warner Brothers or whatever. And. But he's also he's also made he's also said that he wants to do a. A, an actual sequel, like a proper sequel to Man of Steel 2. Now, you could say that Batman v Superman is a sequel to Man of Steel 2, uh, Man of Steel, but I mean, kind it kind of is, but kind of isn't at the same time. But what Henry Cavill wants to do, he said he wants a proper sequel to Man of Steel and he wants to he wants to be able to play the hopeful Superman, the 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 icon of hope and yada yada, and you can say that he has been that for a little bit of his well, you know what he's been in. But Man of Steel was about his genesis. He was trying to find out who he was, and in Batman v Superman, 
he was struggling with what it means to be Superman. Um, the, you know, the things that he's going to have to put up with. Um, you know, finding, finding his rock to really, um, you know, stay steadfast on and all that. And then in Justice League, he was getting his second chance. And from Justice League, it kind of does set up a more, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a more hopeful person. He's, he sees that he's had a second chance at life and he wants to, he wants to do, he wants to spend it, you know, bettering the lives of all of humanity, anybody really. And he wants to make a, a Superman movie that is just basically a hopeful Superman before, and he actually does mention what Zack Snyder wanted to do, like what Zack Snyder was going to do with, with the whole dark side and the anti-life equation and Lois dying and all that. And like the dark's injustice Superman kind of. He mentions that and he says that before he does that, he wants to do a more hopeful Superman. And that's interesting. It's interesting that he would say that publicly. Like he'd reference these things publicly like that. But, I mean, honestly, who knows? I might be reading too much into it, but we'll just have to wait and see, and I can only hope for the best. Today's fourth and final topic um, will be brief. I keep saying that, but it really isn't. Uh, But, uh, yes, today's fourth and final topic is... uh, once again, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, since I've last talked about Spider-Man No Way Home, we have gotten the second trailer, which was amazing, by the way. But since I've last talked about it, the marketing for No Way Home has hit full swing. We got TV spots coming out left and right. Um, and some of these TV, a lot of these TV spots actually have new footage in them. Um, and just recently, they actually uh, Sony actually Sony Marvel actually released full like, clips of the movie. They released a thirty second clip of, I believe, the very beginning of the movie with where it transitions from Far From Home to the beginning of No Way Home. It's the very beginning when. Everyone, you know, finds out who he is, and he's out with MJ in New York and all that. Um, and then they released a little clip of them on the roof of the high school and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. They released other clips, but they also released a almost, it's almost a minute long. It's almost a full minute of the bridge fight, the beginning of the bridge fight with Dr. Octopus when he first, you know, is introduced in the movie. I have not watched that clip because I'm actually a little irritated that Sony Marvel released that because they've been showing, they showed a lot. They've showed a lot of that bridge fight. They haven't shown all of it. I thought they did, but then I saw a TV spot where they directly reference Dr. Octopus directly references the, the, his whole thing from Spider-Man two with the solar machine, the, the solar generator thing. He directly references it. And I'll talk about that in a second, but, yeah, I'm a little irked that people that I mean that Sony and Marvel are releasing those clips. Um, you know, the movie releases an honest okay, I it's almost too good it, it doesn't feel real. This movie releases 
in a week. <laughs> it release it releases in a week, basically, right? And I'm honestly just kind of I can't, I'm at a lot. I can't believe it's already like it feels like yesterday. We were desperately trying to you know we were desperately, you know, anticipating the first trailer because we knew that Doctor Octopus was in the movie. We knew that. Electro was in the movie. Green Goblin was rumored to be in the movie. All these other characters were rumored to be in the movie. Then we got the first trailer, and it was just amazing. And then we got all these leaks, and we were just, you know, we kept anticipating this movie. And then, you know, and then, you know, time has kind of flown by, but also, you know, crawled at the same time. And it's almost just, it's surreal that we're almost upon this movie's release. And I got I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say this when this movie releases it's gonna be like chaos on the internet like I mean it's gonna be not even on the internet just in theaters alone like there's gonna be just mobs of people for days especially on the premiere now on the topic of the premiere before I talk about other things No Way Home is gonna have a staggered release schedule uh, a staggered theatrical release. Now, what that means, now, a lot of people, a lot of movies, most movies have that. But what this means, um, specifically for No Way Home, is that in pretty much every European country on the earth, what I say on the earth? <laughs> no, okay, for pretty much every single European country, No Way Home is going to release on the 15th, as opposed to the 18th. Um, and or 17th i can't remember but that is two days yet yeah, it's said it's 17th yeah it releases on the 17th um that's two days before it's going to release in the u.s and i am honestly i was kind of just very sad that 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 was the case because that means i'm gonna have to stay off the internet for two days complete like i'm like Nothing like, and I don't use the internet like crazy, but still, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get on anything at all because this whole movie is going to be completely spoiled. The, you know, Toby and Andrew being in this movie, which if they're okay, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody here. If Toby and Andrew are not in No Way Home, I'm going to shave my head bald <laughs> like the guy, like a uh, Josh from, um, uh, Den of Nerds, <laughs> he, he said. He says that if he if they're not in the movie, and he's a hundred percent sure they're in the movie. But if they're not in the movie, he's going to shave his head. And I'm I'm all, I'm on the same ba- bandwagon as him. If they're not in the movie, I'm going bald. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just it's just crazy because I just. I, I feel bad for the some the few pe- the people who are so excited for this movie but don't know that it's going to have a staggered release schedule because I don't think that's like widespread news. But that I mean that's like a common you know, like, like a widespread thing because they're gonna get they're a hundred percent gonna get spoiled this this movie this movie clips are like, you know, clips from this movie are gonna be all over the internet and yeah they're gonna crack you know they're gonna crack down on it but still. There's still people are still going to see them, and it's it's sad, which is why I'm going to be com- I'm going to be completely off the internet for 
two days, maybe three days, because I might not be able to go see it when it releases. Um, I'll pro I'll be able to I'll probably be able to see it the the next day. If I can't see it Friday, I will see it Saturday. And if the worst case scenario happens and I can't see it Saturday, I'm going to have to see it Sunday. And that's that's like nightmare scenario <laughs> that I, that I need to wait until Sunday to see it. That's nightmare scenario. Ugh, I just can't wait. I just, oh god, you know I've waited months and months and months for this movie. No, I take that back. I've waited e years. I've waited most of my life for this. I have waited to see these live-action Spider-Man come together, these villains. It I, I, was, I religiously watched, and I grew up with the Sam Raimi movies, and the same thing can be said for the first Amazing Spider-Man. I watched those movies, including Amazing Spider-Man 1, religiously, all the time, constantly. Some of my earliest memories are from watching the, the Spider-Man 2 repeatedly over and over again and i just it's gonna be surreal i'm my whole head is just going to be flooded with dopamine and serotonin for the entire two hours and 26 minutes of this movie which is the official length of the movie i think i'm pretty sure it is credits included um speaking of credits uh and i just mentioned the runtime apparently now, usually, the, okay, so with these Spider-Man, the Marvel Spider-Man, the, uh, can't speak, the MCU Spider-Man movies, they have, like, this artsy, you know, Marvel, you know, uh, a little credit scene where it has all the main actors, and, you know, a lot, most Marvel movies have this. Um, and that's most definitely going to be the same thing, you know, same thing for uh, No Way Home. And what's interesting is that after that happens, there's a four-minute gap between those credits and the actual cut-to-black, you know, uh, rolling credits. There's a four-minute gap, right? That is weird. There's a, like, I, like what on earth are they going to be showing that's four minutes or around that number like i don't know that's just crazy um okay yeah but before i end off before i end today's episode uh i do want to mention the I, I i mentioned this earlier but i do want to talk about the one of the one of the things they showed for um it was the bridge fight with dr octopus it was a, a little bit of dialogue that we hadn't seen before or Dr. Octopus, right, confronts, he's talking to Peter, and this is like the first, when he's shown, you know, for the first time, and he says, where's my machine? He, like, he, he, and I, I remember, I, I, saw that, I saw that for the first time a couple of days ago, and I was just, like, my mind blown. Like, I was like, this is like, in my mind, this is 100% confirmation that Toby's in this movie. They would not directly reference, well, Actually, he wouldn't, Dr. O, I don't think they would even, like, here's the thing. If you are a, you know, a naysayer, which I don't know why you are at this point, that they're in this movie, Toby and Andrew are not in this movie, can you someone explain to me why they would use villains played by the same actors from their movies? 
in a, in a multiverse in a movie about the multiverse why would they do that and not bring in the other spider-man it is the most nonsensical thing they could possibly do and not to mention there'd be riots and i mean literal riots like there'd be people like boycotting everything marvel and sony does from now on and yeah you know that's just the internet but but yeah anyway so he directly mentions his machine, the solar machine from, from Spider-Man 2. Now, the most interesting thing, aside from just the, the, the dopamine I get in my head for seeing him talk about it, aside from that, it confirms something to me. A, he is 100% the same version of Dr. Octopus that we see in Spider-Man 2. It's not a slightly different variant version of Dr. Octopus that's very similar to the one we've seen before, but not the same one. No, this is the same one. And that, that was pretty much 100% confirmation. Um, and it also confirms to me uh, exactly probably what's going on here. Dr. Octopus in this situation probably has some form of amnesia because as we can see he knows who spy he knows spider-man is peter parker he knows spider-man is spider-man is peter parker and he only knew that at the very end of spider-man 2 right before he convinced him you know to do the right thing and then he chose to sacrifice himself and drown the miniature son in the river and in doing so drowning himself and you know sacrifice um and that tells me that him saying, you know, where's my machine? And he's like, you know, questioning him. He's like, you know, where's my machine at? You know, blah, blah. The fact that he's doing that tells me that he does not remember choosing to do, you know, he doesn't remember, you know, having his, his mind, you know, clear of the influence of the arms. He doesn't remember choosing to sacrifice himself to destroy it. He doesn't remember that, but he remembers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So that tells me that after the point where he, where Peter showed him, you know, revealed who he was to him, he does not remember, or it's, it's foggy and he doesn't, under, he doesn't remember the details. And the reason he has amnesia and probably the others don't is because he, um, he, well, he was drowning, what probably happened was that he's drowning, right? He was on the verge of dying. You know, he's drowning. And then an interdimensional portal opens up and sucks him inside it. And he gets spit out in, a, in another universe. So it's kind of understandable that the guy might have a little bit of amnesia. So that's what I think is going on. But not only that, I think that he's going to regain some of his... I'm, I think he's going to regain his memory. And he's going to turn on the other members of the Sinister Six. I believe that for two reasons. Well, three reasons. A, because the pretty much the only footage that we've seen him in is the op is the bridge fight, which is the first time they show him, and when he's in his containment cell at the Sanctum Centaurum or wherever it is. There's only one other little uh, little uh, scene that we've seen him in, and it was in the second trailer, and it was a shot of him falling off a building. Um, with a bolt of electric, with not bolt, uh, uh, a shot of electricity from Electro being shot through the building. 
and it looks like Electro is fighting Dr. Octopus and he's falling off the building. That's what it looks like. And that's that's pretty much enough for me to to guess that he's going to betray them just off of that. But there's this third detail that like kind of seals the deal for me. Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe. We know his suit's going to get damaged and messed up. And he's going to have to improvise, you know, new upgrades and yada yada. He's going to have a purple scarf that's going to also be a makeshift hood. We also see that he's wearing these goggles. And these goggles are the same ones that Dr. Octopus wears in Spider-Man 2. So what that tells me is that they, that Dr. Octopus might, I mean, if I'm sorry if I'm correct and I'm spoiling this, but he might get killed. He might die and, you know, Green Goblin kills him as like, you know, as an example to the others or something and then takes his goggles as like a trophy or a reminder to all of them or whatever. At least that's just me speculating. And I feel like that some, some version of that might happen, but who knows at this point, but I just, I cannot wait for this movie. We got one, I got one more week. We got one more week, and when this movie comes out, you better believe it, I'm going to go absolutely insane, and yeah, I just can't wait. (sighs) Friday cannot come soon enough. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Whether or not that time has been wasted is purely up to you. Remember that new episodes release weekly, every Wednesdays and Saturdays. On Wednesday, I cover a single topic and express my opinions of said topic. And on Saturdays, I provide my opinions and commentary on multiple events that occur during the week. Again, thank you for listening in, and have a wonderful day.